What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. What's up, family? We are Terrell and Jarius, the host of Let's Let's Go Go There, There, where we will, in fact, go there every single week. Every Wednesday in this podcast, no topics are off limits for us. We will be pushing ourselves and you to see different perspectives, challenging what you think you know, and have fun all at the same time. So listen, I want you guys to go ahead and buckle up because going there is going to be the ride of your life. See you guys next week. Hey everyone, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the founder and CEO of Create and Cultivate, and this is Work Party, a podcast for a new generation of women who are ditching the rulebook and redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we bring in leading female entrepreneurs for real talk advice on the topics that matter most to the modern career woman from hiring to mentorship to raising money and so much more. Whether you're pivoting to a new industry, negotiating a raise, turning your side hustle into a full-time gig, or pitching your company to investors, we're giving you the tips and tricks you need to take your career to the next level. Ready to make some money moves? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. Over 2 million followers, Rocky Barnes knows a thing or two about Instagram. But believe it or not, the model slash style icon entered the influencer space well before the visually driven social media platform was even a thing before Instagram. She got her big break back in 2012 when she starred in Justin Bieber's boyfriend music video and then quickly started to grace the pages of Vogue and Cosmo and becoming the face of brands such as Sam Edelman, Furla, and Bare Minerals. But don't call her an overnight success. She's been hustling for years to get to where she is today. She launched her blog, Rocky Barnes, over eight years ago, aka during the digital stone age, and has slowly but surely been amassing a loyal band of followers, 2 million plus. Her wide reach on social media has opened many doors, and she stepped into the role of designer co-designing capsule collections with brands like Express and Aldo, and she's even launched her own fashion brand, The Bright Side, which we are going to talk about. I'm so excited to learn more about this incredible businesswoman. So without further ado, please welcome Rocky Barnes. Hi, Rocky. So good to see you. You too. You too. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. So uh, we actually 
were able to chat many years ago and so much has changed. I'm really excited to catch up and hear more about your journey as an entrepreneur and a new mom and all these exciting things. But let's take it back to the very beginning. You started out when Instagram wasn't even around and the influencer space has changed so much. Um, so take us back to those early days. What, you know, what inspired you to launch your blog and what was your vision for the site when you first were starting out? Yeah, it's crazy to think that it's been like almost 10 years ago when I kind of started this. And to be honest, I kind of fell into the influencer space in kind of a really natural way. But I actually started off in the modeling world. And when Instagram came around, I was lucky enough to be traveling all over the world doing lifestyle shoots. We were going to like Tahiti and Morocco and all these amazing places. And I remember always hating all the photos that my modeling agency put up. They were always trying to keep me out of the sun and make me taller and thinner. And, you know, they would handpick the photos that they liked and put them on the, on my portfolio. And someone was like, well, it's really great about Instagram is you can kind of like curate your own photos. So all the photos that my agencies hated and I loved, I ended up kind of putting on my Instagram and kind of curating my own portfolio. And then with all of my traveling, I would always be shooting for clothing brands and everyone in the industry knows you're always shooting like six months to even a year in advance. And so I went to go take photos in these like epic shoot locations and they're like, oh, that's fine. You can take a photo, but you can't show any of the clothes. So I'd like quickly throw on my own clothes, take a photo and then like go back to work. And so like looking back on it, it's kind of crazy because that's what I'm doing now, you know, finding all these amazing shoot locations, throwing on my own clothes and taking snapshots and seeing how it has kind of evolved into what it is now is kind of bizarre to look back on, but that's kind of how I got started. It was all like a personal kind of journal and my own way of kind of promoting myself as a model. And obviously the visual experience of Instagram was perfect for me as a model, being able to put up constant content that I was already working for, for other brands and stuff. So as it kind of grew, and this was literally like almost 10 years ago, I'd say I started Instagram. And then my blog was shortly after the blog came, um, after I had already had probably, I'd say like 50,000 followers. Um, and at the time that was like astronomical. Yeah. Yeah. And it just became for me, it's kind of the same mentality that I think a lot of us have now, like, well, we don't know how long Instagram is going to be around. What do we do? And, you know, it's weird to think that I had that same mentality like seven years ago. So I was like, I want to create kind of an additional space for me to have life forever. Like no matter what happens on this platform, if things evolve and change, I'll always have something to call my own. So that was kind of like always my safety net, but it is a nice place to kind of have people always be able to fall back on and you can put additional content and kind of do longer stories and stuff like that. So that's kind of where the blog came yeah. into play. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's like a lot of the people who are content creators now didn't live through the vine disintegration, like where platforms came up and, and disappeared. Right. And so Instagram yeah. mainstay. And obviously now you've amassed over 2 million followers. So more than 50,000, yeah. it's kind of been this crazy journey. So, you know, for a lot of the people tuning in who maybe are content creators who are like, I'm just going to have an Instagram, like, would you advise them to have a blog at this point? Because I do agree, like you own that content. It is yours. You manage it. It's, yeah. it's website. Um, how vital is that to your strategy these days? 
For me, I would say like, I do what always is best for me. And I, I'm not pretending to be a total expert in terms of like navigating every space. Um, there's so many platforms out there and there's so many different, you know, schools of thought, like, yes, you should be a first adapter in order to gain followers and be big in one space. And then on the other hand, it's like, everyone thinks I have like such a huge team. It's just my husband and I, and our one Kara who does, she's kind of like jack of all trades for our team, but there's literally just three of us. So when you take that into consideration, is it worth really overextending yourself trying to do content for so many different platforms, you know, there's two ways you can go about it. And I think it's what everyone is kind of comfortable with and capable of. For me, I have heard feedback from a lot of my clients saying that it was very important for them, for any of their influencers to have an outside platform besides Instagram and not even another social media platform, but a standalone. I've only heard that from a lot of my bigger corporate clients, but you know, when you're looking to monetize this, I would say those are the clients. Those are kind of like, you know, the big ones that kind of give you the most compensation for your work. So if that's what they're looking for, it can only help you. And I, I don't necessarily make additional content for my blog I kind of use it as a place to expand on the content I already put on my Instagram. If I'm doing outside shoots, not with my husband, I'll maybe post one or two on my Instagram. And then the rest of those photos or that story will live on my blog. So it's not necessarily double the work. So why not? You know, Today's episode is brought to you by one of our sponsors, MZ Wallace. Make the most out of every day. MZ Wallace is a chic, innovative line of bags and accessories that are designed to do more. Whether it's a lightweight travel style or a multitasking tote for the office, try an MZ Wallace bag for yourself and discover the class-leading quality, lightweight, innovative design, and iconic style that will make it your all-day, everyday bag. MZ Wallace's co-founder started the brand after years of working in the fashion industry and realizing the bag they needed didn't exist. One that could stand up to everything on their schedule from morning workouts to nights out on the town, So they set out to create it themselves. You guys know how much I love a female founded brand. So please go and support these ladies if you're looking for a chic, effortless everyday bag. My personal favorite has been the Metro belt bag. You can style it on your waist or across your chest, leaving your hands free, which is really nice when you're on the go. It's so convenient when you need easy access to your wallet or phone. Plus it's super chic. With MZ Wallace, the design is all in the details. You'll find pockets right where you need them, lightweight stain and water resistant materials that are easy to wipe clean because we all know coffee spills happen, and so many smart design details you never knew you needed. From their high quality, long lasting materials to their timeless styles, having an MZ Wallace bag by your side means always being prepared to take on your day. MZ Wallace is offering our amazing work party listeners 15% off your first purchase. Just go to mzwallace.com slash work party. That's mzwallace.com slash work party for 15% off your first purchase. MZ Wallace designed to do more. All right, let's get back to the episode. Why not? And also to your point, like that, that is evergreen content where it really can live on beyond Instagram. So while we see things in a feed, for a day or maybe two days or whatever, like your blog is in perpetuity. And as you're searching for, you know, a place to travel or whatever it might be, it can continually pop up. So on that note too, it's really hard to search on Instagram. And for girls like me, I post literally every single day. And in the past, I used to post multiple times a day. 
So for people to be able to find that content that specifically that they're looking for, the blog really enables them to like really pinpoint what they're looking for, as opposed to having to scroll page after page after page and like eventually give up because they're like, when was that? When did she go? I can't find it. Totally. And we're all sort of ruled by the algorithm, right? You know, I always tell our team, you know, we might feel like we're posting something a lot, but like the reality is it's like, sometimes I'll talk to my sister who follows Crane Cultivate religiously yeah. and I'll be like, oh, did you see, you know, that we're doing this event? She's like, oh no, I didn't see that. But I'm like, I know that you're on our newsletter and you follow us and like do all these things. And so it's, it's content. There's, there's very high competition to get eyeballs on your content. So how do you yeah. follow the numbers or when to trust your gut when you're creating uh, new content? To be honest, I've never really allowed myself to care about the numbers. And I know it maybe sounds like easy for me to say, cause I have 2 million followers. And of course she doesn't care, blah, blah, blah. But I think it's so important to like really do content that you love. And I think it's, you really have to look at the bigger picture for it. Not focusing like day to day on what the numbers and stuff say. I really think that you're focusing and wasting energy on that. Like your energy is so valuable. And if you start obsessing over that and worrying about that, like that's what I'm a strong believer in like manifestation. I think you're manifesting like the negativity on that. I think if you continue to go and grow and like just post whatever you like, I really truly believe the people following you appreciate that. You want people who are going to see you for the big picture, not post post. Yeah. And so for you, you know, obviously this is your business, what are the metrics and KPIs for success for you? Like what are, when you're like, you know, putting content out, what do you look for? Is it comments? Is it engagement? Is it? I, I always appreciate comments and I try to respond to, to as many as I can. I would say for me, the metrics that when they do well, it's, it's, I, it's when I hear back from like the smaller brands. And, you know, I'm one of those influencers where it's like, I'm not Gen Z. I don't have like crazy astronomical engagement. If you look on my likes and my comments, but the kind of like intangible exposure that I give a lot of brands is kind of what I push to a lot of my clients. And it's something that I don't always have numbers on. And it's kind of the thing where if a brand doesn't really appreciate that, I'm fine with it. If you need those numbers to justify your spend with me, that's totally fine. I totally respect it. I get it. It's a business, but there are so many brands that do appreciate the intangible with me and understanding what eyes are seeing my stuff. So many buyers are seeing my stuff. All the small brands who are like writing me notes afterwards saying, thank you so much. The exposure I got from your post, like I'm so grateful. Like those are the things that really keep me going and making me feel good about what I do. I think that like the way I shop, I'm not always like a click through right away person. I'm the, you know, I'm going to save that and think about it and buy it later. And so it's like, how do you trace those girls? I don't know. I, I think that there's a lot of brands that do appreciate and do understand that and respect that. And that's why I continue to work with them. But, you know, I respect everyone's needs. It's like a Instagram's made it so easy to trace everything and to make it so numbers driven that, um, you know, it's easy to fall back on that. But I like to think that I've built like a really loyal following and a very specific girl. So I think the, the brands that I work with really appreciate that. Definitely. So you mentioned Gen Z. So obviously video content and like reels and TikTok and la la la, it's all exploding right now. How are you into it? Are you over it? Do we have the same coffee mug? Maybe. Is that part of your strategy? Like, do you have any desire to get into that? How has video content uh, played a role in what you're looking to do in 2020 and beyond? 
you know, to be honest, I always shied away from video. I was always comfortable taking photos. It's, you know, I came from modeling. It's what I've always done. And I have so much respect for video content creators because there's so much that goes into it that I didn't know. And it's like, you're learning this whole new animal. Um, the same way with photos are like, it took me years to figure out lighting and what looks best and whatnot. And it's like the thought of having to go through that process again was daunting. You know, actually Kara on our team has actually pushed me so much to really kind of embrace video. And the more I do it, the more comfortable I get. And the more I do it, like I've gotten such great feedback on it. So it's something I plan on doing, but you know, it's, I also love doing photos and that's what is really um, exciting for me too. So I'm never going to like fully give that up, but I think try not to be, you know, the old lady who needs <laughs> to grow with everything. It's like, that's, that's like a dinosaur, right? You don't want to. Uh, I'm really feeling it with the, the dawn of tech. I'm like, I don't know how to do this. Like I can edit a photo like on my phone in five minutes. Editing oh, yeah, photo, I have no idea. Like it's, well, it's also, I've also learned how to build my life around doing photos. Like I've learned to find that balance in my life. And I, you know, that was such a struggle for me for so long is being able to work and also give myself personal time and, and knowing what that looks like in terms of traveling, knowing how to be efficient and maximize my time and yet also be able to spend time with my husband and enjoy where I am and not be completely absorbed with my work. So it took me a really long time to do that. And being able to throw video in there is scary because I don't necessarily want to disrupt this balance that I've created for myself. So it's slow. They're baby steps. I'm working on it. Um, I'm doing more video when I'm home, but you know, when I'm not, it's definitely like more stories and stuff like that. So, yeah. And, and you touched on this a little bit, but you know, being a content creator influencer, it's documenting your life, right? So how do you draw those boundaries to your point? Like when you're traveling, like every piece of food you eat, everything you do, doing stories now 24 seven. Like I remember life before stories where it was like you posted once a day and you were good. And like, now it's like, what is the 24 hour a day content stream? So how did you figure out that boundary? It took a while. It took a lot of fights with my husband, <laughs> a lot of serious fights about I'm done working. We're done working. Like we need to enjoy our time. We need to enjoy our life. And I think that's so important too. It's like, at what point do you actually have a real understanding of the experience you're having if you're not allowing yourself to actually experience it? Like I look at so many people out there and I'm not judging anyone for it, but I see people who are, who are filming and, and documenting every minute of what they're doing. And I actually wonder what kind of experience they're really getting. So like, I think finding the time and, you know, my husband and I have really worked on this and tried to find something that works for us, but, you know, really giving ourselves hard, hard outs. It's like, okay, we're allowed to do work. We're allowed to maximize our time. But then like, you really have to draw that line. Like, okay, take one photo at dinner. We're done. Or, you know what I mean? It's for us. It's kind of been like, at Coachella, we were like, okay, we can shoot during the day, but as soon as the sun goes down, that's like, we're done. We're not bringing out a flash. We're not trying to do these like nighttime shoots as well. Like you have to give yourself time to really enjoy what's happening around you. And I think it's important because how do you really know if it's a great experience and to share that with your followers, if you're not actually enjoying that experience. 
Allow me to hit pause on today's episode to chat with you guys about all things small business. If you're a small business owner and you're looking for an easier way to onboard and manage remote employees, then look no further than JustWorks. JustWorks makes it easier for you to start, run, and grow a business. Let me tell you how JustWorks can help your business. JustWorks is the ultimate HR platform for small and growing businesses. With simple software and expert support for benefits, payroll, HR, and compliance, this is a must-have tool for small businesses. Across the country, small businesses with big dreams love using JustWorks because of its simplicity, its intuitive platform, and its time-saving features. Whether your team is remote or in person, you can give them access to national large group health insurance plans, manage onboarding, payroll, PTO, and compliance all in one place. Sure, you can do it all, but why do it all alone? I can't tell you guys the amount of trial and error I had to endure while building, create, and cultivate. You want to have your hands in every aspect of the business, but you learn early on that it's important to outsource and automate the tasks that you are not passionate about. And sometimes those tasks can be the operational building blocks that keep a business growing and moving forward. Here's how it works. With JustWorks, you can onboard new employees with ease in an intuitive online platform, take the guesswork out of employment and tax regulations and requirements, Access national health insurance plans so your employees can get coverage no matter where they live. Get help setting up sick leave policies and administering harassment and discrimination prevention trainings that comply with state and local requirements. Save hours on time tracking those syncs with payroll. Plus, access 24-7 expert support as well as certified HR consultants to get answers to your questions whenever you need them. Manage your remote team and run your business with confidence. Find out how JustWorks can help your business by going to JustWorks.com. That's JustWorks.com for more info. All right, now let's get back to the episode. So obviously you were a model, content creator, and a designer. So, you you know, basically as you were growing your career, you started to co-design a variety of capsule collections with major brands like Express, which I still wear all my stuff from that collection. I love it. Um, Express and Aldo to name a few. So what was the experience like moving into product design and what do you wish people knew about the fashion industry? Like what were some of the things you learned along the way? The capsule design stuff was always so fun for me. I think since I was a little girl, I always wanted to be a designer. That was kind of my dream forever. And I ended up going to school for business, but like kind of in the back of my mind, design was really something that I was passionate about. And the capsules I did with like Aldo and Express and a, and a few other smaller ones, it really gave me kind of an ability to kind of dip my toe in and, and experience that. I don't have design that technical background, but I worked with really amazing teams who were able to bring my ideas to life. It's one thing to kind of create something and it's another thing to kind of create something and have it be really embraced by people like the express collection that I did, did so well and hearing people so excited. I'm still getting tagged photos of girls wearing it and it makes me so happy that I think that is like the most satisfying thing is when you love something so much yourself and then you see other people enjoying it and loving it as well. I finally like, you know, bit the bullet and did my own line, Bright Side. But my ba- my second baby launched in December. Pretty much the worst time ever to launch a brand. But I had been working on it for so long with my team. And I was like, we don't know what's going to happen. We're just going to launch it. And it, it had the best reaction. So it's exciting. It's, it's definitely scarier to do something not in collaboration with another brand. It takes a little bit of the safety net away. And you're like, okay. 
this doesn't do well. I don't get to blame it on someone else. It's literally all me. So it's exciting and terrifying at the same time, but it's been amazing. I, I can't wait to see it grow. We have so many amazing designs coming up this summer and again in the fall. So so tell us about the collection, like it's clothing brand, um, but yes. tell us about how you came up with the concepts and the ideas and, you know, how you were able to kind of launch it and grow it so quickly. I searched around on um, working with a partner on this. So I'm actually working with Reunited out of New York and they're a private label manufacturer and they have the most amazing team. Cause like I said before, I'm not uh, a technical designer. Like I don't know how to make a tech pack. Like I don't understand, like I didn't, and nor did I have the time with a new family to go and like source factories and all that stuff. So I had worked with them in the past and they are amazing. I'm obsessed with their team. So easy to work with. So they've been really kind of helping me through um, bringing all of my stuff to life. And when we first kind of sat down and did our brainstorming session about right side, it was pretty obvious to me. I, I wanted it to be really based on kind of vintage classic pieces that I constantly went to in my closet that I kind of like sourced and loved over the years. And um, we kind of made this really amazing, beautiful collection and then COVID hit, right? So <laughs> it's like these beautiful dresses and skirts and stuff like that. And of course, no one's wearing that in 2020. So we actually pivoted quickly and decided to do kind of a more unisex like loungewear, which is everything that I create. It's really honestly just what I personally, it's very selfish. It's just what I want to be wearing at the moment. So, you know, obviously before all this happened, I'm like, I need this dress in my closet and this outfit in my closet. And then when COVID hit, I was like, uh, I just want to like look chic and lounge around my house. And then, totally. and then of course, Matt and I worked together and he helped launch this. And he's like, well, what can I wear for collection. And I'm like, okay, so I need something my husband can wear too. And then of course with Jones, it's like, I need a baby thing. Right. So it turns into this, into this kind of all inclusive family loungewear. And it's been so fun, like seeing moms and babies and dads, like all wearing the knit. We have this beautiful knit collection, mom, dad, and baby can all wear it. All these amazing, like leisure suits are kind of a take on a classic, like hotel pajama that I made them and more of like a heavyweight linen where you can kind of wear them out and have them be kind of like day sets as well. So I wanted everything to be really um, flexible and not be something you can only wear this in the house or only do this. I wanted things to be kind of fluid that you could wear in so many different ways and style in so many different ways. Cause that's kind of how I look at my wardrobe. So that's so accurate. Like you want something that you can like go off the dog in, but then get back and be cozy as well. And I love that you did it as like the full family unit. So you mentioned obviously yeah. you with your husband to so tell us a little bit about, I mean, a lot of times at Crate and Culture, we get things like I started a business with my mom or my sister or my husband or whatever. Like what are the hard and fast rules to working with your husband? So Matt was in finance when we met and I brought him on a work trip and it was kind of back in the day and the client was like, Oh, we'll send you wherever you want to go. I just need you to shoot these looks. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to make a vacation out of this. <laughs> Flew a photographer down to Mexico where we were and Matt got pissed. He was like, we're on this trip together. You flew a photographer down. I'm just sitting here on the beach waiting for you. I could be helping, blah, blah, blah. So, and he was kind of, you know, 
a little burnt out in the finance world as well, obviously. So he kind of like picked up photography. He'd already, he always says he did landscapes and stuff like that. But like shooting a woman is very, very different. He kind of like is such a self-starter and really invested so much time and energy into learning photography. And so we could like travel together and work together. And at the beginning, like I wanted to murder him, literally murder him. Like we got in so many fights. I'm like, this photo is purple. Why is it purple? He's like, it's not purple. I'm like, it's purple. (laughs) It was like really tough for me to like trust him originally. And over time it grew and it, he slowly started helping me. Like I used to, so I joke, I had all of my invoices on my notepad on my iPhone. Like I was the most unprofessional uh, <laughs> professional blogger ever. I'd be like, someone owes me money. Let me check my notepad. <laughs> like so bad. So he like really revamped my entire business and made me like a legitimate business person. With, like <laughs> spreadsheets and like, I, I'm an LLC now, whatever that means. Like he really really helped me in so many ways. And now he fully manages me. He's, he's the reason, um, I am where I am in terms of business and, and helps me really launch Brightside. So I think the biggest thing for us is being able to, it's so easy because I, you know, I'm always like, this is my business. Like I started it. You work for me, blah, blah, blah. It's so easy to pull that on your husband. But at the end of the day, it's like, I always, remind myself, I'm like, you have to be so respectful because yeah, you might be his boss, but at the end of the day, he's your husband and being able to be gentle on each other and not pull that rank bullshit. That's so easy (laughs) for us women to pull because it's like, you know, this is my baby and I work so hard and he's this man coming in and telling me what to do, but I'm like, it's for my own good. And it's for the good of our family. And really, I think Matt and I have both learned to not Uh, take for granted each other when it comes to work, just because we're married, you can't just like use each other as punching bags when when you're frustrated. So I think that's something that we've really worked on and and had to really respect and also give each other space professionally and not just like, feel like you can constantly do whatever you want because you work with your husband. you know, you have to give each other space to do their own thing. And you need to make meetings with each other and have a schedule with each other and not and, and be respectful of the other person's schedule as well. Yeah, no, I think that's great advice. Absolutely. So one of the questions I have is what is a money mistake you made and what did you learn from it? But I feel like it might be the notepad of invoices. But <laughs> <laughs> That's one of them. You know what? I actually have a really good one. And it's shocking to me that I went so long without doing this. If you are a content creator out there, if any sort of influencer and you're working with any brands, my one thing in terms of money is always have a contract. Mm. Always. I don't care if they're your best friend. I don't care if your parents know each other. I don't care if you've worked with them without a contract before. Do not do anything without a contract. That is my number one rule to everyone because at the end of the day, it will come and bite you in the ass. And I think one of the biggest jobs I ever didn't get paid for was because I didn't have a contract and I had worked with them in the past Mm. and have been paid in the past. And then all of a sudden my contact left Mm. out of nowhere and the company refused to pay me. And I'm like, well, I have emails and all this stuff. And, but I didn't have a contract. And so I, I think 
that was the biggest mistake thinking that sure I can do all these like gentleman handshakes with people or I had emails that say that we agreed on this. Um, my, my word of advice would just be to never enter anything without a contract. It doesn't have to be a crazy contract, but you need to have something in writing. Uh, great. Uh, amazing advice for sure. So you mentioned at the beginning, you have a small team. I mean, it's you, your husband, um, one employee, um, and yeah. then obviously a lot of, you know, partnerships and things that you have, you know, a lot of times I feel like people always like, you know, associate success with having a ton of employees and a ton of this and that. And like, there's also a lot of beauty in the control of having a small team. So has that been an intentional path for you? And, you know, what do you look for when you are looking to bring someone on from a partnership perspective or an employee? Yeah. You know, for us having a really small team works, Matt and I have always like traveled a ton and well, we also work with agencies. So I've always been working with modeling agencies. I'm still with my mother agency for modeling and I work non-exclusively with a few other agencies. So we have other people that we work with per se in terms of working with them for deals, for negotiations, for bringing us clients, but our in-house team is very small. It's just Matt, Kara, and I. And yeah, I think a lot of it stemmed from me not wanting to let go of control and wanting to be involved in everything. And I think there's pluses and minuses to it. Our team is really small and, and that allows us to have really kind of straight communication with clients. And there's not a lot that gets lost in the shuffle. Um, I think we have a really quick turnaround time. I think our response time is very quick. You're not playing telephone with a million people, which is really nice. And I think a lot of clients appreciate that. It's a really personal relationship when you work with me and my team. On the other hand, I think that we could be doing more. Um, Matt, Karen, I always talk about this you know, I am just one person and I am a mom and I need my like creative space. So I look at some of these girls who have huge teams and have all this stuff going on and are doing like a real a day and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, maybe we could be doing that if I had more people. But I think it's also hard to find people because this is such an, a non-traditional job. And, mm-hmm. you know, like Kara wears so many hats. She does graphic design, she helps us like day to day. She is our travel agent. She does so many things that it's like even finding someone who has the ability to pivot and just pick up and, and do anything. Um, it's such a team mentality. Matt and I do everything. Kara does everything. You know, it's not just like one person for one thing. So I'm finding someone who really fits into that and that you trust is, is so important, you know? you're constantly in each other's space. We work from home. So it's a small and mighty team that has worked for us. So maybe eventually we'll get a little bit bigger, but. The trust is everything. And and it is very hard to cultivate a role that has like no real job description because it's everything. Um, I totally agree. So now we're in 2021. We, you know, we were kind of getting into the post COVID world, hopefully. So what is next for you and Brightside? Like, what are some of the things that you're excited about? We're currently working on Brightside for fall. We're only doing two launches a year. Want to keep it really special. And we're putting a lot of time and energy into it and kind of still being a new brand, really want to kind of see what resonates with our customers and making sure um, everything is really thoughtful and not just kind of um, making stuff to make stuff. So all the pieces are good, are very 
there, so much love and energy goes into them and wanting to perfect each piece and not just create all new stuff every season, kind of taking our time as a new brand to really tweak everything and perfect everything with each season. So, um, we're going to have summer coming out in May and then fall coming out sometime in the fall. <laughs> it's exciting. It's kind of exciting just to see, like, it's the same way I watched Job, like, you know, watching him evolve and change and seeing what works and just kind of like living with it and, and seeing what I want from it. And that kind of growth, but having full control over something is really exciting. So I, I get to create like my dream wardrobe that I like, can't wait to wear in the fall. It's, it's really a dream come true. Oh, I love that. Well, we're going to end with some rapid sentence finishers. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. My typical workday starts with coffee. Lots of coffee. Okay. Uh, the best career advice I always give is never take anything personally. The best content is in the moment. The best response to a negative comment is block and delete. <laughs> Truly. If there were more hours in a day, I would sleep more. <laughs> my biggest career crush is it's always been like the Olsen twins like, for my whole life. Still, like, I feel like they haven't aged. They're, just, they're not even on Instagram. <laughs> they're not on Instagram. Like, they are the, like, they truly, they're super successful moguls, never got on the gram. I would die the day they get on the, the Instagram. <laughs> I try to get them to speak at Crane Calls Bay and they don't really do public speaking. I mean, they don't really do anything. Like, that's what they makes don't it even cool. do interviews. They I don't know. Take photos. <laughs> oh, tell us your secrets. Okay. I know. Success is happiness. Yay. Amazing. I love that. Well, tell everyone where they can follow you and Brightside. You can follow me at Rocky underscore Barnes on Instagram. And you can follow my line at shop the bright side on, on Instagram. And all of it is in my profile. So if you get lost. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you, Rocky. Thank you. Thank you so much fun as always. For more inspiring conversations like this one, follow The Work Party on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. If you enjoy today's episode, make sure to rate and review us or show us some love on social. We love seeing you tune in every week and share your favorite episodes. We're at Work Party on Instagram and at It's a Work Party on Facebook and Twitter. And if you're interested in creating your own podcast or want to know the ins and outs of the business of podcasting, we've teamed up with the Lady Gang to bring you The Pod Class, a comprehensive guide that covers everything from planning your content to sourcing guests to becoming your own in-house producer and so, so, so much more. All are available for purchase on the Create and Cultivate website now. That's createcultivate.com. I'm your host, Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party.